Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. I am Gemma Serenity-Gorokov, your host. And if you are not subscribed to this show yet, meaning that you do not receive in your email every time I publish the new episode, go immediately to gemmasgem.substack.com. Today, coming from Kansas City, Missouri, we have Christine Summers. She is absolutely amazing and so it's her. She is a six-time, not one-time, six-time award-winning journalist, app creator, speaker, and writer. She is the founder and CEO of Back to Self-Care, a self-care experience company that opens empowers and educates minds about mindful self-care through products and services based on thousands of hours of her research in self-care. She developed into a practicing framework called the five pillars of self-care. It is such an honor to have you with us. Thank you for joining, Christy. Thank you for having me. Um, it's so funny when people read that back to me. I sometimes forget everything that I do and everything that I've done because I just take it one day at a time. And so it's like, wow, I, I have done all that and I do do all that. So it's always a nice reminder. So, but I am happy to be here today. Thank you. Thank you very much. I have exactly the same feeling when people <laughs> are reading back to me in my bio. It's like, whoa, that's a powerhouse. <laughs> whoa, hold on. It's, it's me. Oh God. Okay. Very good. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, okay. That is me. All right. <laughs> okay. Today, our topic is grieving our relationships. Because you just recently, very recently, are dealing with the loss of a little one, as well as the grief of your relationship that is now over with your ex-husband slash boyfriend slash partner. Right. Right. So let's yeah. hop a little bit into that so that we can really like connect heart to heart with you, especially that you are all about self-care. You understand these things. Yes. So just to kind of give people a little bit of background, um, I had a little cousin of mine, two and a half years old, that passed away here recently. Um, it was an unfortunate situation obviously. Um, but it hits me slightly different while I'm not his mother and I will nowhere near compare to my aunt's and uncle's grief. I was there and saw the incident that happened when he drowned. Um, and then us being able to get his heartbeat going for a few more days, but there was no brain activity. So through being through all of that, um, that is a new type of grief. You know, it's interesting with grief. Everyone assumes the tragedy, as I just mentioned, losing someone as they leave this earth. Um, but, and that does feel different, but grief is a loss in some way. And so I am not... I'm very much familiar with grief. We all are um, in some way. This type of grief is new um, because when you're grieving a relationship, right, you can choose to 
have closure with that person. You can go to them, whatever closure looks like. Sometimes closure is just working with yourself. And that was my closure, was knowing that I wasn't going to get that closure, that validation, right? That we're moving forward separately. Um, In my former marriage, I was married for 12 years with someone for 17. I left when I was 34, which means at that point, I was with him half my life. And so leaving that, that type of grief, it's still very much valid, but I don't think it's talked about enough. Um, again, people assume the grief that I'm going through now, which is when you're losing someone and they physically leave this earth. Um, and while I am experiencing that and familiar with it, unfortunately, um, I'm also very much familiar of what it's like to be in a, in a relationship and a marriage and you have your, your dreams and your hopes and your goals for this marriage. And then realizing that those will not come to life, um, can be quite difficult because we naturally like to to dream and to hope and think things are going to get better and think things will improve if I if I just do this if I love them like this if I give a little bit more and when you realize that you you giving your all or giving what feels good to you is enough and if it's not enough for that person It is definitely enough for someone else. And it comes to, when it comes to grief, also grieving of what your old self, when you start to grow and you leave a relationship, you're leaving that version of yourself. So you're also grieving who you were in that relationship as well. And it takes a lot of self-love and courage. And um, while it's a serious subject, I'm very much looking forward to talking about it with you today. Thank you very much. Yes, it's true. This time of grief is a time where we come back to ourselves. When we we reflect, we realize what actually that person meant to us. What meaning give them to that person? Or are we still that person? So when suddenly the person leaves this verse or our relationship with that person it's not fully the same but it is related both are glitch and i think the most important part when we talk about real talk real women breaking the silence around abuse is to really be careful to not start to self-abuse because of grief to forbid ourselves to be happy ever again because that person is not here anymore. That becomes self-abuse that we can address before time passes and you get used to do that and it is a fun habit and it hurts more than it does good. Maybe you can Absolutely. So when I started to work on myself and do all this research around self-care, I was overcoming severe postpartum depression and anxiety with my third child. And so as I'm overcoming this and I'm learning to love myself and I'm learning to accept myself, but also, so there's a component of self-compassion 
but then having the courage to say, I am worth doing hard things for. So I am worth pushing myself and reading a book and learning a new skill. So it's an interesting balance of people think if they are too compassionate, that maybe they're not owning up to their mistakes or choices. And that is not it at all. When you start to really love yourself, you start to really just pull back those layers or those masks that you've put on. And you need to be very much real with yourself. And you can sit here and blame yourself of what if I should have done that. Those should really should be out of our vocabulary because then it just kind of puts it puts blame on you. So when you start to remove should or what I could have done, you have to kind of realize that it happened the way it did. And so there's a level of acceptance, the self-compassion, and then honestly, just loving yourself through it as if you were your own parent. It's nurturing yourself in a way. Uh, for me, for example, is hugging myself. Um, there are moments where things are very difficult and I just hug myself. And what I do is interesting is a, is a safe space technique, which I've talked to therapists before that's okay for me to share because um, the mind is so powerful in our imagination. And once you realize that you can get your mind to work for you and not against you, um, so much as our mind kind of negative bias wants to work against us, when you can use it for you, it's incredibly powerful and self-healing, to be honest. I'm not saying every single thing, but there are many things that we can get in alignment and, and use it to push ourselves forward. Um, you know, with grief, there is very much the sense of depression. You know, there's different stages of grief. I'm not saying to bypass those, but I'm saying there is a point where you have to move forward and take maybe one small step and maybe the next day take two steps. Um, it depends what it looks like to you. You know what feels good to you. And if you don't know what feels good for you as far as taking a step forward, take the time to discover yourself and in a way shed that old version of yourself to move forward. That doesn't mean you can't take parts of yourself. I have loved to paint for quite some time, but I didn't do it in the relationship. I brought that back into this version of me which I love, but I took the time to self-discover to realize that I love to paint. So a lot of it is this kind of self-discovery and compassion and then having that confidence and courage to move forward, which I do work with people that uh, that's part of my business, actually, because we kind of lose ourselves in our relationships. Any relationship we can lose ourselves in. And we're all worried about being codependent. And so somebody who identified as codependent, I had a difficult time realizing how much of my identity was attached to this person. And when I realized that his actions had nothing to do with me, he was projecting his issues onto me, right? Because he was choosing not to heal. As I was healing, he kept trying to use me. And when I started to close that off um, and no longer make myself emotionally available, I realized how much of the issues and things I was going through was actually mine and what was his and I was taking on. Um, and that's a big part of the grief when you're releasing of realizing what your issues are and what you want to work on in your self-discovery and your self-journey. 
as opposed to that person. And it does take some time, but there are a lot of techniques. And so the technique I referred to um, is a safe space technique. Um, that safe space, like I mentioned, the power of the imagination is picking a spot in your mind, whether you've been there or not, and visualizing it in a form of meditation in your mind. And then the version of yourself that you would like to forgive, the version of yourself that maybe was in that traumatic experience, whether it was yesterday or five years ago, or the person you were in that relationship. And you imagine yourself now, a person who's healing, say your higher self, nurturing, hugging, loving, consoling that other version of yourself. Um, it's incredibly powerful. There's lots of tears usually, but that's a very good thing because we actually release um, our hormones chemicals, there's actually different types of tears. This is why when they say have a good cry and you might feel better afterwards is because you're releasing all that pent up and you're getting it out, um, which is why that expression have a good cry is there. So when it comes to us, there are some ways to self-nurture and love ourselves and techniques like that are incredibly powerful. Um, I still do it to this day. I've worked with my inner child, my inner Kristen. I've worked with my teenage Kristen. And I'm now working with my Kristen in the twenty in her 20s. Because I'm 36. So now I'm working through her. Um, but since I know how to do that, it kind of speeds up the process a little bit. And it's kind of understanding that version of me, forgiving, accepting, and loving. And like I said, bringing in things like painting and dancing and things that I used to love that I didn't make time for, that I make time for now, which has been, so a lot of times with grief, it's that separation, but then grieving who you were and loving that version of yourself. So you, then you can move forward um, into the next version of yourself or who you want to be. And you can always decide who you want to be every minute of every day. This is pure gold. <laughs> I, I, I keep going. So I appreciate the space because when I get, as you can feel it, I just start to just, it just comes through. And so I, I love talking about this and hopefully people start doing that technique and start to feel, feel, feel better about loving different versions of themselves. And that forgiveness is in, in self-compassion is a incredibly powerful and people underestimate it. is true when you accept self-compassion that means that you stop blaming yourself for all that you didn't do all that you did wrong and all that you wish you would have known better so truth is that you did the best you could with what you knew and who you were at that time yes and when you accept that because radical acceptance, radical self-compassion, radical love, a love that encompasses every part of you. Yes. And that becomes just... And people feel that. I really think as a business owner, um, as a mother, daughter, friend, people can feel that. They start to know also how the physically, how I look physically different than what I did when I was going through certain experiences. And they will ask me, what have you done? 
Like, what, what, are, what are you doing? Like, it's some magical cream or something that I'm putting on my face. And I'll say, no, I'm doing the work. It's hard work, but I'm worth doing hard things for. And this is my one chance in this body for this experience. And I'm going to do my best to heal generational trauma. I'm going to do my best to love old versions of myself so I can love new versions as myself as they go, as I develop and grow. And with that, then that allows me to do what I do and find my mission and my purposes because I do believe we have more than one purpose. And so to just take that and then just shine that light this way. If you give it this way, it starts to come out like this. And so when you start putting that light out there, it just grows precise. It is, yeah. When you say this way, this way, imagine people are listening to you. What were you talking about? Okay. Imagine so when you start to, you when you say that, so. Yes. Um, so when you first give that love inward, so imagine your hands have light. And you're putting the light towards yourself. Okay. So you're giving love to yourself. I use this visualization techniques as well. So what I visualize is that my hands are light with love. So whatever color that looks like, red, pink, yellow. And then when I'm doing this meditation, I turn it to myself. So I'm giving myself love and I'm filling myself up and quieting my mind and allowing all the negative thoughts of I should have done this and replacing them slowly with how strong I am and how resilient I am and how beautiful I am and how much that my light is needed. And when I feel comfortable, then I do a, a technique in my meditation where I turn my hands outward. So first my hands are inward, visualizing the light, and then I turn my hands outward. And then with that, I imagine my light spreading through my house, through my street, through my neighborhood and all over the whole world. It's a very beautiful, powerful technique because um, when you're visualizing that, you're realizing that you're, while you're healing yourself, you're he actually healing the world because we all live in our own world, our own reality. So I tell people that I'm not here to change the world, the world that we envision it. I'm here to change worlds, one world at a time. So worlds is plural. So to me, whenever I know that I'm healing myself, I'm healing my world which means that I can help others plant that seed to help heal their own. So um, thank you for that clarification. Yes, the clarification. So yes, first it's working with that inner. So then I can put it out into the world. And people notice that when, like I said, when you start to do that and start choosing to love, even if you don't feel fully healed, this isn't something that is done overnight. This isn't something where, okay, now I'm ready to love. You have to put yourself out there in some way. Um, and if we have time, I can talk about that with my current relationship about making the choice to put myself out there. Um, even though I was scared, we all are scared when we have to put ourselves back out there. It's a normal response in our body. To, but then when you start to use that fear and realize that everything you want is on the other side of fear or someone else's fear that a, a version of you that you've hung on to when you start to work past that um then you things become honestly limitless and anything is possible that you desire so do we have time to talk about that you think are we good yes i think yes i think let's add another 10 minutes because it's really 
useful. It's really bringing so much value and, and bringing solutions to those who are listening. Solutions. And, and, and I'm really loving everything you say now. Okay, good. Because I, I appreciate the space because I do generally love helping people and coming up with techniques or solutions to share with people. Instead of me just talking about my story, techniques that work for me and work for others, and hopefully it'll work for you. So those are two things I mentioned, the light technique that I mentioned for visualizations, and then I mentioned, of course, the safe space meditation. Um, when you start working on those core beliefs of yourself, of I deserve love, and I deserve to live a life that I deserve define as happy or successful. Everyone's diversion of success and happy are different. Not everybody wants to build a six, seven figure company. That is more than okay. Getting to know yourself, figuring out what you like, what you don't like, what you love, what you accepted that you like uh, to appease others. When you start doing this work over time, this self-discovery makes you more confident in your core beliefs of realizing that you do deserve love. And what kind of love you deserve so you could be giving it to yourself first. So taking yourself out on dates, getting dressed up just for yourself, and then maybe just go, you know, walk the streets. Um, uh, maybe that is just going shopping. Maybe that's just getting dressed up and just staying at home. Whatever that looks like for you. But taking the time to realize and being mindful of what color makes you feel powerful? I wear red because red makes me feel powerful and feels good about myself. Um, being mindful, taking that time, then you can start to kind of see, okay, I deserve this. I've been accepting this in my life, but this is what I deserve. And what solutions can I come up with in my relationships to get what I deserve? And sometimes that does mean walking away from a relationship, which is what I did. And so knowing what I deserve. So as I'm writing down, my therapist at the time gave me this idea of writing down 60 things in a partner. And I know that seems crazy to 60 things. Can I think of 60 things from a person that I want as my ideal partner? Um, we never talked about the law of assumption. I discovered this after the fact, but I see now that I was actually doing the law of assumption. And all the law of assumption is, is working on those core beliefs, you know, you're assuming, you know what you deserve, right? Then you are going out into the world knowing you deserve those things that they're coming to you no matter how you feel. Law of attraction is great and I do believe in that. But as someone in the mental health space, we are going to have bad days and we are going to have negative thoughts about ourselves. And I didn't like the idea that if I was having a bad, really bad day, and I was really hard on myself as I was going through my healing, as I'm grieving this relationship and I'm processing, I'm grieving old versions of myself. Whenever I realized the law of assumption that I could work on my core. So my core beliefs that I deserve love, I deserve wealth, I deserve abundance, I deserve meaningful relationships in my life, friendships, romantic relationships. I deserve to feel good. Feeling good is not a bad thing. That's hard for people. I deserve to feel good. I deserve pleasure. That's another one for people. When I started to realize that I could work on those core, it didn't really matter how I felt. I knew in my heart and my soul that I deserved those things and that they were coming to me. 
So with doing that, when it comes to a partner, knowing what I had went through, I started to write these 60 things. I took a whole weekend and I just, throughout the weekend, I would be cleaning or with my kids. Oh, you know what? I want someone that is like this. Someone who is playful with my children, who loves my children, even though they're not biologically their own. Um, she even said to get descriptive. So I did. I want someone who is six feet tall. I love men with dark hair and glasses. I will tell you, my partner meets all 60. And I know that that is hard to believe. Um, I didn't realize it till we were together for a little over a year. I found my journal where I wrote those 60 and I started to read them. And about 15 in, I realized, oh my gosh, I, I manifested my partner before I didn't even know. But I had written this maybe three years before because as I'm going through the divorce and she's saying to me, you know, start doing this work of what kind of person you want when you're ready to date. Um, and so I wasn't planning for him because I wasn't anticipating on dating. I was very much working on myself and my business when he came into my life. So when we first met each other, we both agreed we had stuff to work on. So we decided we will just keep hanging out and we make each other happy. We want to be happy. And here we are almost two years later. Um, so we took our time, which I think played a big role in that. But, you know, assuming and knowing these things. And I remember reading these things to myself thinking, yes, this is what I deserve. Someone who is caring and supportive and romantic and compassionate. Um, he is the type that will pull me out into the rain when it's a light mist just to kiss me in the rain. These are things that are very much like a, he calls me his Disney princess. And I put in there that I want someone to give me a cute nickname. I want him to have this for me. It, I mean, I got his detail as I took a whole weekend, thought about it, meditated on it. And then I thought this is what I deserve. And then I just put it away. And I, then I did that subconscious belief, knowing that that person was out there of 8 billion or however many people are on this planet, that there's probably several versions of him out there. Right. But this is what I deserve and I will get it when it's meant to. And then he comes to me and I didn't even know it till a year in realizing that he fit all 60. So if anyone's out there wanting to work on on loving themselves, love yourself first, figure out what you really want, give it to yourself first and then write it out like that. Write you want in a partner. I'm not saying you have to get very much where he has or he or she, or however they identify that person, that partner has three freckles and get that detail, but you can put height and, and, and whatever, you know, the, 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 the build and, you know, just kind of what you envision for this person of your ideal person. And they may or may not, but I, my guess is they'll probably be pretty close to what you describe. Um, again, but putting it out there and then I didn't even think about it. And that's one thing about law of assumption is what I love is that I could work on that core belief and then just kind of forget about it. And I do it now. I will script out my day. I've tested this out several times. I will get today, I'll wake up in the morning. I Somebody will pay for something for me. A complete stranger will pay for something for me. And then I put my journal away and then I forget about it. Later that day, someone in the drive-thru will pay for my meal coffee every single time and it's crazy or I've had people you know just randomly just give me money just for something simple like maybe it's a product that I haven't sold in a long time 
you know, maybe it's for, you know, $5 or something on my site. All of a sudden somebody's like, here, here's $5 for this service. And it's, I forgot, I still offered that on my site, you know, because people hadn't bought it in a while. Um, or I'll get a random job just kind of out of nowhere that I didn't promote um, my background in journalism. Sometimes people will hit me up to do the resumes or freelance writing. Again, I've tested this out many times of the scripting and just knowing that good things are coming to me and I deserve good things. And it does. It takes time. But I know that also if I have a bad day, I have it. I have my, my manifestations aren't. I just I don't have to start over. I don't have to. Oh, no. Now I have to get myself up because there is a level of toxic positivity that we have to be careful of. We do have to allow ourselves to feel those emotions and grieve because that's how we improve. That's how we shed those layers into our next versions of ourselves, that there is lessons in our sadness and our grief when we open up to them. That's where we re make real progress. And that's where I think our manifestations and things really start moving forward in our life. That is truly right, truly amazing. Thank you for sharing so much, so much golden nuggets here today. I think I'm <laughs> going Thank to you. to to modify slightly the title by saying not only grieving our relationships, but like like four ways to grieving your relationship and to and to take care of oneself and to self care. So if people want to reach out to you, because they do, right now we have back to self still current. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. And uh, IG, so Instagram is Miss Self Care CEO. So you will see three S normal. <laughs> yeah. M I S S S E L F C A R E C E O, all in one word. TikTok is simply Self Care CEO. And um, absolutely, you go into the description and you click on this free self-care emergency checklist because that is something you want to experience for yourself. Yes, that checklist, um, people have told me they printed it off and when they're having an anxious moment or they feel overwhelmed, they will go through that checklist and try things on that list to help ground themselves and bring them back to center, which is why it's the emergency checklist because there are times where we're going to feel ourselves get anxious and we're not quite sure what to do and we might forget the techniques that we know to do to calm ourselves down and to regulate our emotions. So a checklist like that is great to kind of have printed out or on your phone so you can access it easily to remind you what to do to bring yourself back to center. That's truly amazing. Thank you so, so much. Christine, it is such an honor and a pleasure to share the space with you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being there and for shining your light, your love, your peace onto those who listen and watch these episodes. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. See you next time. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, guys. <laughs>